0: Every day I know that this virus brings new sadness and mourning to households across the land. That this is the biggest single challenge this country has faced since the war. The European Commission has launched a global campaign to find a cure for the coronavirus. Because today the world is coming together to defeat this virus. Passing through the peak. I want to thank everyone on the NHS frontline, as well as care workers and those carrying out essential roles, who selflessly continue their day-to-day duties outside the home, in support of us all. The Chase the Rainbow trend has seen kids all around the world with awful images in their window as a positive message. This is the worst public health crisis for a generation. Hello there, Matt Carvel here. Hope you are well. Last week, we had drunkenness, cursing, nudity. Believe it or not, that is how Noah's story ends in Genesis chapter 9. We've been in the story of Noah for uh, 10 weeks now. And uh, maybe if you missed last week, you want to catch up on that one or indeed any part of this series. When we started it, we, we did so because we are facing a very bleak situation in the world, and the story of Noah is one of a man navigating a worldwide crisis. And as we come to the end of this uh, series, there actually are even more reasons for us to be discouraged when we look out into the world. Not only do we have the daily deaths from coronavirus still being reported to us, but also things are... Very difficult and we face huge challenges economically, politically and of course socially as well. And all these things are impacting on us personally too. And Each one of us has to come up with strategies. How are we going to navigate this ourselves? How are we going to get through what we are facing, This, this trial that we are in? And in one sense, it's encouraging and really no surprise in one sense that people, many people are joining us are turning to church services, turning to the Bible as we are to, to look for answers because that is what the Bible provides. The Bible doesn't shy away from the problems in the world. Actually, the Bible helps us to make sense of, of what is going on by looking back and by looking forward as well. Actually, all the, the problems that we see in society have their source in sin, the Bible says, humanity's rejection towards God. And that explains what's going on. It helps us to understand, but also the Bible points to us as to an ultimate solution in Jesus Christ, who has come into the world to bring about healing, bring about transformation, and ultimately will bring about the renewal of all things. Because the human story is one in which people are very good at messing things up, but not very good at restoring them, making them as they should be. My son Reuben, he's four years old. He's very good at making a mess of his bedroom. And that's what kids do. They just get everything out, make a mess of the place. But when it comes to the end of the day and tidying up, suddenly he, he, it's not as easy for him to do that. He doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the wisdom to put everything back to how it should be. He needs a solution outside of himself, i.e. me, to to help put things back the way they should be. And that's what the Bible says. Humanity is very good at messing things up. We're not very good at bringing restoration. We need a solution outside of ourselves, and that is Jesus Christ. And so we've been looking at the Bible, we've been looking at the story of Noah, and it's been helpful to us. And today, before we move on to a different part of the Bible, we wanted to sort of zoom out on the story of Noah and, and consider it as a whole. And what lessons can we really learn from it? Make sure we, we get all that we can from this story. And so we're not looking at one specific passage, but the story as a whole from Genesis 6 to Genesis 9. But also in preparation of this, um, I was reading Hebrews, the New Testament letter to the Hebrews, because in uh, chapter 11, it mentions Noah. It sort of presents him as a hero of faith amongst other heroes as well. Now, the context of this letter is very relevant to us as well, because this church is one that is facing trials. Indeed, at the end of chapter 10, it says, you are in need of endurance. And I thought to myself, what better thing than the world needs right now is lessons in endurance. We're all facing a trial to a a differing level, perhaps. We need to know how to endure. And Hebrews presents Noah as someone who, by faith, endures the season well. And there's things that we can learn from him. His faith helps him to overcome, helps him to endure, helps him to navigate this crisis. And when we're talking about this endurance, we're not just talking about, well, sort of being grumpy, but just sort of sitting out and waiting through and putting up with the situation. Actually, what we're talking about is through faith in God, actually in a time of trial, flourishing, thriving, growing as a person. Becoming a better person at the end of it than we were at the beginning of it. Don't you, don't you want that through this trial to actually be productive in that, in that way to navigate it well? There's lots of things that we can learn from Noah and we have been learning. I want to point out a few in our time together this morning. In Hebrews 11, verse 7, it says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. When it says, by faith, Noah, well, what it means is not that faith is just sort of an intellectual comfort blanket, just something that we have that makes us feel a bit more positive about a situation. No, actually, what Noah's faith in it is, is something that's very practical and it's really grounded in something, something real, something tangible. That's where we're going this morning, because often we're encouraged to be positive and have an optimistic outlook. But often it's not really grounded in very much. I was watching uh, the last Star Wars just a few weeks ago. And in it, as things often are in Star Wars, there was a precarious situation. And one character is saying to another character, like, this is the situation. It's looking pretty bleak. And the other character says, well, can you just be a bit more optimistic? And so he responds by saying, oh, okay. this is going to be terrific. You know, you're not going to believe how well this is going to turn out. And it's laughable because he's just there's no reason for him to say that. He's just being optimistic. And sometimes, maybe through the messages on social media or whatever, we're encouraged just to be positive, have a positive outlook. Is that what Noah has through his trials? No, no, it's something much more deeper, something much more profound than that. Let's look at it more in detail. In the story of Noah, as it's presented to us, there are kind of three sections. In the first section, Noah is building this ark. God has spoken to him and he's doing something very practical that is countercultural and it takes courage. Sometimes faith is doing something that you know is right, but it takes courage in order to do it. Maybe that's the season that you're in. That's what your faith looks like right now. You're very busy. You need to do things. For many more of us, perhaps, we resonate with the second period in Noah's life. When he's in the ark, the flood water comes, God's judgment comes. Noah is saved in the ark, but he has to wait. And he ends up waiting for a year. Sometimes faith is trusting in God's timing. And if we're in that season, perhaps we're thinking we're not very good at that. But faith helps us to... Trust helps us to trust in a time of waiting. In the third section of Noah's story, the floodwaters subside and Noah steps out into the the new world. And he's stepping into unknown. And in that season, faith is moving forward where there is lots of uncertainty and having to trust God when there's not answers to questions that we might have. Maybe some of you, that resonates most for you a world of uncertainty. And we might look at Noah and think, well, he has faith through all these different seasons. Well, that's all well and good, but maybe maybe your faith is not, not, not strong like Noah. You wouldn't say, I'm a hero of faith. I don't think any of us, would say that of ourselves. Sometimes our faith feels very small. We find it very difficult to trust God in those different seasons that we find ourselves in. How is it really helpful to look at Noah as an example of faith? Sometimes we might just look at him and feel discouraged by it. Well, let me say a few things on this. Firstly, that even the smallest amount of faith, trust in God, trust in Christ, if we have that, even if we feel it's very small, it's enough to get a faith perspective on on our life. If you've been with us for these 10 weeks, or maybe if you've just read the story of Noah in Genesis 6 to 9, when you read it, was there any point that you were really anxious for Noah? Did you read about him in the ark and think, wow, this is scary. I wonder what's going to happen. Is he going to make it? I don't think any of us really read the story like that. And I think that's because, well, because we're reading the Bible. Because we know that God is involved in the situation. Of of course Noah's going to be okay, because we're looking at the story from sort of, it's like God's point of view. And we know, oh, God's God's involved. Things are going to be okay. Okay, we'll flip that then. Put that into your situation. Is yours not a story that God is also involved in? This helps us with our anxiety, maybe our frustration of the season that we're in, our worry. Actually, faith helps us to recognize that our story is part of God's big story. God is in sovereign control over all things. Not only that, he loves us and cares for us. He's a father to us. And even a small amount of faith allows us to have that perspective on our lives. Okay, God knows this season. He's bringing me through. Of course, I'm going to be okay. When we have that type of perspective, it helps change the questions that spring up in our hearts and moves them from questions of fear and mistrust to questions of faith. What do I mean by that? Well, maybe in this difficult trial that we are facing right now, individually and as a nation, and as a world, maybe questions come up for you that's like, why is this so difficult for me? Why is this so unfair? Why can I have what they have? Why are things so tough? How could you do this to me, God? Have you asked those type of questions in the last few weeks or months? Now, take those questions and apply this perspective of faith, recognizing that God is in control, that our story is in God's story. And our questions can change to acknowledge that. And they become questions of faith that sound like this. Okay, where can I see God's grace despite this trial that I'm going through? God... What are you trying to teach me through this trial and and what can I learn? What is this trial exposing in my life that isn't good? God, what aspects of my life are you working on right now? How is this trial inviting me to depend on you more? So they're questions of faith. There's still questions. There's still things that we don't understand. There's still within that opportunities to be anxious or frustrated, perhaps. But it approaches God with with these questions of faith. Sometimes faith is, is not about having all the answers, but actually asking the right questions. So if you're facing a trial right now, please don't forget that you have a choice of how to respond. Most of us, if not all of us, we can't control the fact that we're facing a trial. We need to endure so we have a choice of how to respond. Are we going to respond with those questions of of fear? Or are we going to respond with those questions of faith and get on board with what God wants to do in our life? Because God is good. He wants to bring us about character and transformation in our lives. He wants us to move us towards being able to endure and come closer to him even in a difficult season. In this way, trials can be redeemed. In fact, God uses difficult circumstances probably more than anything else to bring about, to make us into the people he wants us to be, to bring about peace in our life, to bring about connection with God in a deep way that we never even thought possible. Trials can be redeemed through even a small amount of faith if we ask those right questions and approach God in that way. So that's, that's where we want to get to. But let's be honest, it's not always easy to get there and it's not always easy to stay there. But if that's how Noah responds, if that's what Noah's faith looks like, well, how does he manage it? How does he do it? How does he maintain that posture of faith? Well, Genesis doesn't really tell us very much about that, the sort of secret to Noah's success. But there is a few places that give us some clues. And I think um, Genesis 6 verse 9 is exactly that. It's a clue to understand his secret of how to have faith that endures and overcomes trials. Genesis 6 verse 9 says this, very simply, Noah walked with God. When you hear that, what does that conjure up in your mind? What does that speak of to you? To me, that speaks of, it speaks of friendship. Noah was friends with God. God was friends with Noah. You see, this is really important. Faith is not something that we muster up. Right, I'm facing a trial. I've got to steal myself. I've got to muster up faith and, and I'm going to read my Bible extra hard and just, just go for it. And that's not what faith is. Faith is born out of relationship. That's what it says in Galatians chapter 5. It lists the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of being with God by the Spirit. And it says faith or faithfulness is one of those things It comes out of relationship. And this is good news for us. It's good news for us that God wants relationship with us much more than anything else. We see that demonstrated in the life of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm not coming into the world to condemn the world, but the world might have life through me. And we see it in what Jesus does as well. When you read the Gospels, the accounts of Jesus' life, does Jesus come along and say, right, who are the, the best rule keepers here? I'm going to spend my time with you. No, no. Jesus goes to the edges of society, the people who are not getting it right, the people that have been rejected by everyone else and befriends them. This is the gospel. God has come into the world to befriend us. And it's from that friendship that faith in him is born. That is the fruit of it. And you see that time and time again in the Bible. Every single hero of faith even. Every single character in the Bible is flawed, including Noah. We saw that last week. He doesn't have it all together. He's not a perfect person. He is flawed, but he is befriended by God. And when God befriends him, it takes his life into this just other dimension of faith. He's able to do things and and go places that he never thought he would, because faith has come into his life through friendship from God. And that's what happens time and time again in the Bible. You see, faith is a product of encounter with God. This is what happens. We see God. God comes in. He befriends us. We see what he's like. And we learn to love him. And Because we love him, we, we trust him and we obey him. And he takes us on a journey. A journey with him. He writes a story with our lives that we never thought is, would be possible. When you read that, Noah was friends with God. He walked with God. Does that not speak to you of adventure? And listen, your life is also one that God has come into. If you've got any level of faith in Christ, then your life can also be a life of adventure. A life that God is leading you to places you never thought is possible. We need to understand that especially, and remember that, especially in times like we're in right now. Because it can feel like we're in the wilderness. It can feel like when we're facing trials, well, my faith doesn't look very spectacular. Okay, on the surface, that might be what it looks like. But if you know your Bible, if you know the way that God deals with his people, you'll know that in the wilderness, there's adventures of faith to be had. There is bread to come from heaven. There is water that comes out of rocks. This is what happens in the wilderness. There is mountaintop experiences to be had. There is seas that are going to depart so you can walk through. But they're accessed by faith, by trusting God, by following him, by being sensitive to where he is leading and what he is doing. Friends, this is a time to press into God. I know it's difficult to be a Christian right now. We, since we're not gathering together, it's easy to drift away from Jesus. But in a time of wilderness, it's, it's more important than ever to press into the promise of God. Everything that is true in God is true right now. And we might not see it because we just see desert before us, perhaps. But, but look, look to the word. Look to the way that God deals with his people. This is a time to press in, to encounter God more. This is, If you have any level of faith, this is who you are. This is what you're made for. This is what God wants to bring about. Yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes some effort. Yes, it takes sensitivity to God. But he's inviting us to, by faith, approach him and say, God, what are you doing in this season? What, what are you doing in the world right now? Isn't this a time when there is a bleak situation out there for the church to be the people of God that that walk with God and are so transformed by him? They transform their environment and see miracles happen. This is who we are. This is our inheritance in God. This is what faith is about. When faith is involved in your life, God takes you from an ordinary story into an extraordinary story. This is still true. Don't let the desert wilderness cause you to forget that and cause you to drift. We're called to be a people that are shaped by God's presence, by encountering him. We've got an opportunity even this week to press into God in prayer. We have a big Wednesday coming up. Let's go for it. Even if you feel you've got a small amount of faith, it's an invita- if you are any level of faith, it's an invitation to cultivate your relationship with God, just to walk with him. And see what he has to say to you. See where the ways he wants to encourage you, strengthen you, is born out of relationship. See, that's, that's what Noah teaches us here. Noah is not someone who his faith is, he sort of steals himself. And that's not what faith is. Faith is, is Noah being soft-hearted towards God. Faith is born out of love for God. If you feel yourself lacking in faith right now, go back to your first love. Begin to love God again. Remind yourself of God's love for you. Again, with this not huge amounts of examples, we can detect this. But if we look carefully, it's right there. When Noah comes out of the ark, what's the first thing he does? He worships God. God didn't even tell him to make an altar. He just does it out of the overflow of his heart. Noah is a hero of faith because he loves God. He's connected with God. He's walked with God. He is friends with God. And let's dig into that further. Okay, so where does that love come from? If Noah is able to endure because he has faith and he has faith because he loves God. Then where does his love come from? But the fact that actually God first loved him. Perhaps the most memorable thing about the story of Noah is the the rainbow. We think of the rainbow. But actually, when I think of the story of Noah, I think what's most remarkable of all is that, that God remembered Noah at all. Can you imagine being in Noah's situation? The whole world is guilty of sin. God's judgment is coming. And God he handpicks Noah to save him friends in Christ this is what God has done for you in a world that is guilty of sin including us Christ comes into the world to hand pick us to save us because he loves us because he loves you that is why Christ has come and so more Amazing that Noah's heroic levels of faith is actually the hero Jesus who comes into our darkness, who takes us unworthy people of the love of God and picks us out and creates a story of faith, an adventure with God. He comes alongside and befriends. He takes our sin. He takes our shame. A bruised reed he will not break. He takes us in our brokenness and befriends us. And reminds us of his love. And it's so easy in times like this, when there are clouds above our head. And the trials and difficulties that we are enduring. To lose sight of the love of God. But friends, let's not forget, even though there might feel like there are clouds above our heads right now. The sun is always shining above the clouds. You get above those clouds, the sun is always shining. God's love is always for us. In Christ, we see that. God never stops loving. And so I think faith in this season it is about not just digging our heels in and trying to in- get through on our own strength. No, it's, it's learning to love and be loved by God all over again. You know, the New Testament encourages us to keep ourselves in the love of God. That's where faith comes from. That's how we're going to endure in this season when we stay in the love of God. Let me finish with this. As I was preparing this message, um, the, the title of a hymn came to mind and it's not one that I'm very uh, familiar with. And so I, I looked it up and uh, it's very interesting um, understanding the person who uh, wrote this hymn. Let me, let me say this, on the evening of the 6th of June, 1882, There was a Scottish pastor called George Matheson and and he was was blind. He had encountered many hardships and difficulties in his life. And at this particular moment, he was going through a particularly hard season of trial and difficulty. But he sat down with a pen in his hand and he wrote the words that would become the hymn that's called, Oh, Love That Will Not Let Me Go. Maybe you know it. But I thought that... The first uh, couple of lines in the third verse really was really helpful and relevant to what I'm saying today. It says this, O joy that seekest me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. Friends, there is a joyful God who seeks us through Christ in times of pain. In times of trial and difficulty. And the question is, what is our response going to be? Are we going to be hard-hearted? Are we going to try and endure in our own strength? Well, I cannot close my heart to thee. God encourages us to be, remain soft-hearted towards God. To be open-hearted towards Him. To be loved by Him a fresh. Let's not steal ourselves in the face of trial, but open ourselves up to God afresh. We need God in this season. We need his love. And as we receive his love, just like Noah, we will have faith to navigate whatever trial we face.